Yo, yo, yo. Welcome, welcome. You're tuned in to the Path of Revelation show. <laughs> I'm your host, Gabriel Parker. And this is where the culture meets scripture. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hopefully you got your New Year started off on the right foot. You know what I'm saying? And what better way to bring in the new year praising and exalting Jesus name? You know, that's how I brought my new year in with family and friends, with with my church, worshiping God. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm I'm not big on New Year's resolutions or anything like that, because I like to think that I'm always trying to challenge myself to be better, whether it's the new year or not. Like, you know, I just want I want God to get the glory out of my life. And I, I want to make sure that I'm reaching my potential. And so um, I don't discourage people for having New Year's resolutions and things of that nature. Long as it's genuine, you know what I'm saying? Long as, long as you mean what you're setting your heart on and it's actually in line with what God has for your life, more power to you. Um, but this new year, I'm, I'm really excited. You know, I really, if I was a person or if I was a person that made resu- or made what we call resolutions, you know, I started my resolution towards the end of 2018, you know, months, uh, probably three or four months before the new year even came. And but I'm really excited about two, uh, 2019. You know, I'm excited about the body of Christ. I see many brothers and sisters in Christ who have their hearts set on growing in God and, and desiring the things of God. I see more believers being set on fire, um, having a stronger desire to please God with their walk and be a better witness in the earth. You know what I'm saying? One one of my pet peeves and one of the things that really grieves me is when I see Christians not moving like Christians. You know, because the world is watching us. They're watching what we do. They're watching what we say. They're watching what we post on social media. And it's like, man, does what we represent glorify Christ? Does it show the world Jesus? You know, Jesus said that we are living epistles read of men. And so when people read our lives, do they see worldliness or godliness? And so, man, I'm excited because I see God stirring up a remnant of believers who, who, who aren't perfect. None of us are perfect, but have a genuine desire to glorify God. And I love it. I love it. I'm turned. I'm lit. You know, all of that. And, I, and, and so I'm excited about what the Lord is doing. You know, I want to encourage you guys to stay, stay, stay the course, you know, um, because on the other hand, though, as I see many people becoming more and more on fire for God, I also see a lot of people who have left the faith, a lot of people leaving Christianity. And I always tell people, man, I, I, I view it like this. God is beginning to separate the wheat from the tare. Jesus said that they grow together and that they look the same. But when the harvest is coming, the time is ripe, you know, the, 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 the 
the lab the farmer will begin to separate the wheat from the tear and the tear will be tossed into the flames and so i believe god is um separating the wheat from the tear and and sometimes it can appear as if things are getting worse and and i would agree i believe but this is what i believe i believe things are getting better and worse at the same time i believe that god is beginning to clear the fence where there there was people on the fence trying to play both sides between the world and and serving christ where God is like, man, choose a side. Choose this day who you would serve. Like, choose, choose, make a choice. And so people are either going in the right direction, full force, or going in the wrong direction, full force. It's like extremes on both sides. And so I think things are getting worse, but I also think things are getting better in the sense of the kingdom of God and the remnant. You know, because we're in a world that 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 strives to make everything gray sometimes, you know, very hypocritical. You know, I think here's a, here's an interesting thought. I think that the world is just as self-righteous as they claim the church to be, if not more. I think and, and I don't know if it's because I'm older now and we're in the day of uh, social media, maybe a co combination of all of these things. But I feel like the world is more self-righteous than it's ever been. Everybody is experts at pointing the finger at other people's sins. Like I'm looking at, you know, the whole R. Kelly situation and the documentary that Lifetime just did surviving R. Kelly. And I'm seeing and listen, this is not me defending R. Kelly. This is not me defending uh, the accusations against him or or defending pedophilia. You guys who listen know that you know me better than that. You should know. But I look at how the world becomes self-righteous and points the finger at one person while ignoring other things. We'll, we'll crucify a person like a R. Kelly, for example, but we'll celebrate artists who glorify drugs, who glorify degrading women, who glorify murder. All of the things that are, by the, by the way, killing the black community and dest has destroyed the black community for years. And, and 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 to be honest, if we be honest, a lot of the sexual things that are glorified in the music that we celebrate actually leads to pedophilia. Yeah, I said it. It actually leads because here's the thing. The flesh isn't satisfied. Our flesh is never satisfied. And so and I'm going to talk about lust later in, in the set in, in the next segment when I deal with effective and ineffective prayer but our flesh is never satisfied that's why if you if you're addicted to like pornography or something it's like man it's always got to go to the next level like it's never enough our flesh is is always craving more and so you know they there's been documentaries done about how 
the pornography industry has been directly linked to human trafficking and sex slaves because we and this is stuff that we don't really talk about in the open as much that much but it's all connected you know what i'm saying and so we can't be self-righteous about one sin while embracing others because sin is sin and so i think you know we're in a culture that is extremely self-righteous you know everybody thinks are sitting on their high horse pointing the finger you know who are we going to stone next <laughs> that's kind of the mentality is such a mob mentality and, and 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 often i see christians get dragged into it we as christians get dragged right into it yeah who are we going to stone next yeah this person is wrong and we become experts at pointing out other people's sins while ignoring our own. Jesus said, judge not lest ye be judged. He says, before you point out the, the, the speck or the, or the thorn in your brother's eye, he says, deal with the log in yours and then go restore your brother once you identify and deal with the log in your own eye. And so he wasn't saying not to judge, but he was saying stop being self-righteous because when you're self-righteous, you're going to reap the judgment that you give to others by not addressing your own sin. And so I call it new Pharisees. Whenever we think about the Pharisees, we always think about though the overly judgmental church folk those are the people that we usually call pharisees church people who always who condemn people who point the finger at people cast judgment and act like they're sinless but that wasn't the only attributes of pharisees jesus referred to the pharisees as hypocrites you brood vipers you know what i'm saying he he they were sinners themselves they they had a form of godliness but they weren't godly their their godliness was just a costume it wasn't real and so new pharisees you know i see when i observe culture today i see pharisees calling pharisees pharisees everybody's pointing the finger everybody's pointing the finger and so we've become experts at articulating and doing documentaries on other people's sins but you know we don't know god ourselves and so this is something that i see man i, I see really bad um within our culture and i think that as christians we have to exercise not being conformed to this world I've said this on a previous episode. I think one of our biggest challenges and problems in the church is we're allowing culture to shape our worldview more than the Bible. We're allowing what culture says about the Bible to affect our beliefs. This is why we see believers walking uh, uh, or professing Christians walking away from Christianity. You know, we see so many different things happening. And so. You know, I think we have to operate in love. 
being bold in the truth, but operating in love, showing mercy to other people and saying, man, you know what? That could have been me. Some of us don't even like to say that. We we're so self-righteous. We can't even say that. Like, man, that could have been me. No, nah, man, I would never do that. All right. You keep keep saying what you would never do. Keep having confidence in your flesh and watch where that gets you. Listen, I'm very aware of my flesh and that there's no good thing in it. And so we can't have confidence in our flesh at all. You'll be you'll be eating grass somewhere, having a high minded mindset. It could be any of us. This is why Jesus came, because we we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so we have to walk in humility and submission to God and not be conformed to this world. None of us have the right to be self-righteous. But listen, I want to get into the featured song before we go. Before we get into that, I'm going to be discussing effective and ineffective prayer. Man, you don't want to miss this. Also, the featured song for this episode is our song Almost Fainted featuring our sister Katrina, Katrina Campbell now, who just got married. Um, it's from our latest album, Everything Changes. Listen, go get the album if you haven't heard it. Got a lot of new music on the way. I'm working on my solo project. I'm going to be dropping some singles real soon. And who knows? We might have a POR project on the way as well. But listen, this is Almost Fainted. Enjoy. Feel like I've been through hell and back. Waiting on your word like where the promise at. Trying to save everybody else, but I won't last if I don't hold the mirror to myself. Yeah, I felt like giving up. What else am I gonna do? So in the Lord, I put my trust. I take it as a sign that he's making us. Yeah, I'm made in the fire. The kind of guy would admire. ya. Baking in the oven, waiting on the timer. In the meantime, shaking is still a liar. Can't neglect the process or the project. That's a promise. But I'm feeling like a target. And the thought of doing pain goes against logic. So in the midst, Lord, I need you. I need you, I need you. I need you, I need you. Let me make it loud and clear. I need you, I need you, I need you, I need you. Tested and tried, yo. Coming out as pure gold. But God is stirring up the gift for this storm and in the midst, but I ain't moving an inch. Got my cross and I'm bearing it. Seems to be the right measurement. Say, thinking I'm arrogant. Cause I choose the narrow road and turn to one a surrogate. I wanna change to a crawl, feeling the weight of it all, wanting to shake it all off. Yeah. Uh. But I'm renewed when I saw that he would take all my burdens and embrace it. Oh. Because it's my fault So used to you showing me 
effective prayer. This is an extremely important topic. And I'm laughing. I know, I know, I know I always say this about every topic that, that I address on my show, but this is really important. I like to think of the Path of Revelation show as a show that is a show full of substance. And so, and so everything that I address I truly believe in my heart is extremely important. And so with that being said, effective and ineffective prayer. This is this is an extremely important topic. And so in the last two episodes, if you're listening by way of podcasts, apps, the first two, ep- the, the, the last two episodes, I really dealt with the area of, of purpose in episode four. Um, I I talk about finding and understanding your purpose. And in episode five, I talked about true and false balance as Christians. And so this episode, episode six, I believe is the next piece in the puzzle of purpose. I believe prayer, understanding prayer is extremely important to walking in your purpose and, and knowing God, <clears throat> but 
a lot of times whenever I hear, most of the times when I hear the subject of prayer talked about, and, and, and I've heard amazing teachings and sermons on the power of prayer, but I rarely hear it talked about that there is a wrong way to pray. We always talk about prayer and how powerful it is. And listen, I believe there is power in prayer. I believe it. I I have witnessed bodies being healed because of the prayer of faith. I've witnessed people being healed of cancer because of the power of prayer. I was born with a extreme breathing deficiency. Um, it, it was a, a type of asthma. I, I can't remember exactly what it was called, but I was born with an extreme breathing deficiency and the doctor said that I would have this this breathing deficiency my entire life and my pastor at the time came in uh, who has now gone home to be with the Lord came in and, and laid hands on me as a baby and prayed the prayer of faith and God healed me and I've never had any breathing issues ever in my life and so I know the power of prayer. I've, I've seen demons cast out of people because of the power of prayer. I've cast a demon out of somebody because of the power of prayer. And so I believe what James chapter 5 and 16 says. It says the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous avail of much. And so I believe that there is power in prayer and that God hears us when we pray. I believe that prayer has the ability to change our situations. Um, and I believe prayer, more importantly, has the ability to change us. But And so with all of that said, with all of those wonderful things said, glory to God, I want to deal with the two most ineffective ways to pray. And this is the side of the coin we don't really like to talk about or we don't we don't we didn't even know some of us may not even have known there was a wrong way to pray you know what i'm saying but here's here's the thought for you if the disciples came to jesus and asked him to teach them how to pray that means there is a right way to pray and a wrong way to pray and so we see examples the wrong examples um bad examples of 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 prayer when it comes to people like the pharisees and sadducees in scripture who prayed for attention and recognition from men and so with the disciples coming to jesus and saying teach us how to pray that means there is a right way and a wrong way to pray and so i want to give you guys what i believe are the two most ineffective ways to pray <clears throat> Excuse me. Number one, I sound like a game show host. Number one, and this is going to help you out a lot, a lot. Number one, praying out of a spirit of selfishness, praying out of selfishness. Listen, hear me good. There are people that pray every day, but do not know God. Yes, it is. It is possible to pray and not know God. There are people that pray every day and don't know God. They wake up in the morning and they actually thank God for their health and their strength. They ask God for, 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 
to, to bless their day and bless their families, bless my, my money, bless my business, help me to excel in my work, help me to excel in my education. Thank you. But one of the things that we have to understand is that thanking God does not always equate to knowing God. In other words, praise does not always translate to worship because worship has everything to do with submission and obedience to God. See, I don't have to submit to God to tell him thank you. It's just like, okay, if you go to a restaurant in a store or a store and you're walking towards the door and the stranger holds the door open for you, what's the right thing to do? You tell them, thank you. But that does not mean that you have a personal relationship with that person. That person is just a stranger who has who's done something nice for you and you want to tell them thank you. And so there are a lot of people who treat God the same way. They tell God, thank you every day. They tell God, thank you for healthy kids. Thank you for a car to get to and from work. But they have no desire to know him. They ask God to change their situation. But they never ask God to change them. And so there is a re there is a reality that you can tell God, thank you, and, and still not have a desire to know him. And so this is what I do with myself, and I would encourage you to do the same thing. Are, are you that person? Are you the person that thanks God and prays, but don't really have a desire to obey his word or know him? And, and I really believe that if we're going to experience growth and true progress in our walk with God, we have to be submitted to the Holy Spirit and willing to ask ourselves those type of questions. And so I want to take a quick look at James chapter four, verse one through three. And this is, and I know I always say it, but this is extremely important. This, this chapter, this, these, this passage of scriptures is, is really important. James chapter four is dealing with the lust of man and how the lust of man produces wars and chaos and conflict in the earth. And when I look at lust, um, and, and, and I don't want you guys to get thrown off topic with me talking about this because this is still dealing with praying ineffectively. When we look at lust, lust is strong desire, is strong desire to seek fulfillment and pleasure, happiness and joy apart from God. And so in essence, one of humanity's problems is men want God results, but don't want, but do, but do not want God's ways. I'm going to say that again. We live in a society that wants God results, but does not want God's ways. And so this is the result of lust. And so, and I'm reading from the ESV version, James chapter four, verse one, it says, what causes corals? And what causes fights among you? Is it not 
this that your passions are are at war within you verse 2 you desire and do not have so you murder you covet and cannot obtain so you fight and quarrel you do not have because you do not ask you do not have because you do not ask so what he's what 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 James is saying is you're searching for fulfillment joy and peace but you're going about it the wrong way he says you desire and do not have so you murder you covet and cannot obtain so you fight and quarrel so so we we as humans apart from Christ in our flesh we have a tendency to look for fulfillment and satisfaction and joy in things created instead of the creator and so he's dealing with this and dealing with humanity's lust issue and so he says you covet and cannot obtain so you fight in quarrel you do not have because you do not ask verse 3 this is the important part you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss to spend it on your passions in the King James it uses the word amiss which in the original Greek the the word is kekos kekos excuse me kekos which means to ask improperly that you may consume it by your lust this is very important you can actually ask for good things but if your foundation isn't right if your foundation isn't in Christ that good thing will even be consumed by your lust what's an example of what I'm talking about it's nothing wrong with wanting to be married some of us want to be married some of us want a family some of us want a, a new house a new car there's nothing wrong with these things but what he's saying is you ask improperly because you're asking from a place of lust so even though you're asking for for something that is harmless or something that is a, actually a good thing because Christ isn't your foundation even that good thing will become an idol in your life and will be consumed by your lust and so here's the reality when you're not praying when you're praying from a spirit of selfishness you create we create idols in our lives anything can become an idol what is an idol an idol is anything that is more important than Jesus Christ. An idol is anything that is more important than God in your life. So there's a reality. My children could be an idol. My marriage, my wife can be an idol. My job can be an idol. The video game could be an idol. For Like anything could be an idol in my life. And so there is a reality that we have to make sure that Christ is our foundation and so this is what what I'm talking about when as 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 we as I talk deal with praying improperly a lot of times we don't realize that hey the time that we do spend in prayer is actually coming from a place of lust that a, a place that isn't submitted truly submitted to Christ 
and and my concern is that we make we make God out to be a genie and not God. Psalms 37 and 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I love that scripture, but I often hear this scripture taken out of context and, and we focus on the latter part which says he will give you the desires of your heart and we skip over the most important part which is delight yourself in the Lord that word delight means to take pleasure in God to take pleasure in the things that pertain to his word and 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 there is an important thing that takes place when we begin to delight in the Lord when we begin to take pleasure in the Lord he begins to take desires out of us that are foreign to his will he begins to change our 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 appetite he begins to deal with our lust issues and he replaces our lust issues with righteousness and a mindset of worship and submission to him and what happens is once we've delighted ourselves in the lord our desire is now conformed to his desire and so when it says he will give you the desires of your heart, it is a result of you delighting yourself in him. And now he is giving you your desires because now your desires match his. Praying out of a spirit of selfishness, it manifests itself in different ways. So it manifests itself in our desires and what we're asking for but it also manifests itself in ways like the Pharisees where the Pharisees prayed to be recognized by men and so they they would have these big long elaborate prayers they would want people to see them giving offerings and they, they wanted to appear wise and appear godly instead of actually being godly. And so their desire was for the recognition and praise of men versus the recognition and praise of God. And so in Matthew chapter six, verse five through six, and it, it says, and when thou prayest, and this is Jesus talking, and when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. So he, he calls them hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. He says, verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. In other words, that is their reward. Their their reward is being recognized by men. Verse six, but thou, but you, when you pray, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the father, which is in secret and the father, which which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And so, in other words, he's saying, don't don't pray for recognition to be recognized by men. He's saying when, when make sure your motive is in the right place. Make sure your desire is to receive something from God, not men. You can't purpose in your heart to chase after the praise and glory of men and please God. 
it's one or the other. Some of us know how to go through the church motions. We know how to pray and, and turn on the preacher voice, <laughs> what I call. We, we 26 sounding like we 50. Hey, God, we, we, we know how to go into the prayer mode and the preacher mode. We know how to say the right things. We know how to get the right reaction. And we're doing it for a reaction, thinking that we're going to get something from God. But man, but, but here's the reality. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God sees the intent of the heart. And so... Jesus, in, in so many words, is saying, why settle for looking godly? Why settle for looking like you have wisdom when you can actually have wisdom and be godly? And so when I pray, you know, like when I'm fasting or I'm praying, I'm not I'm not posting it on Facebook. Some of us can't wait to tell people when we're doing something for God. Because we want people to pat us on our back. We want people to tell us how great we are. Man, I purposely try not to tell people because I don't, I, 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 and I say this all the time, I don't trust Gabe. I don't trust, I don't want my flesh to get so much attention. Because I know that if I feed my flesh or put my flesh in, in, in a situation where I'm getting so much attention, that my focus will be taken off of God and I will begin to covet the praise of men more than the approval of God. Man, learn how to keep things to yourself. We have to learn how to keep things to ourselves. When I'm praying, I'm not making a Facebook post about it. When I'm fasting, I'm fasting because I really want to hear God. And so this is where our hearts have to be. Effective prayer doesn't begin with elaborate words, but a submitted heart. A submitted heart. So let's hop into point number two, still dealing with the most ineffective ways to pray. The second most ineffective way to pray, and I'm just using bullet points, is not a particular order, but the second most effective, ineffective way to pray is prayer dominated by fear. This is important. Prayer dominated by fear. I'm not, I'm, and I want to clarify something. I'm not talking about praying because you are fearful, but prayer dominated by fear and not faith. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven says, for God have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, listen, God doesn't give us fear. But this does not mean we won't feel fear at times. Listen, fear comes on us all the time what whether we admit it or not there's times in our lives where there's things that come up where where we're faced with situations where we don't know the outcome there's uncertainty and and fear is 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 present we can feel it we can feel it in our spirit we can feel it in our being 
But I want to submit something to you. There is a difference between praying because of fear and praying out of fear. I want to look at Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22 and verse 42 through 44. And I'm going to it right now on my Bible app. You guys know how I get down. But Luke chapter 22, verse 42. This is where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I'm, I want to give you contextual understanding. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he begins to feel the weight of his mission. What do I mean by that, the weight of his mission? He begins to feel the weight of what he's about to endure. Being beat with whips and metal and sheep bones attached to the whip. Man, I'm about to have my flesh ripped from my body. They're about to spit in my face and smack me in my face. They're about to place a crown of thorns on my head till the thorns pierce my skull like he begins to feel the weight of what he's about to go through and I will submit to you Jesus felt fear but he was not dominated by fear how do we know that Jesus felt fear let's read hold on one second my phone is acting up verse 22 verse 42 excuse me Luke 22 verse 42 Jesus says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. So in other words, verse 42, Jesus saying, man, I don't, man, I'm, I don't feel like I don't want to go through what I'm about to go through in my flesh. But not, nevertheless, not my will, not how I feel right now, but your will be done. And the Bible lets us know the angel came and strengthened him. Verse 44, and being in agony, I'm going to say that again, and, he, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground so Jesus let me paint the picture Jesus is in such distress he he's in such agony that he begins to sweat blood in the medical field they call this hematidrosis hematidrosis is a condition in which the capillary blood vessels that feed the sweat glands rupture causing them to begin to bleed occurring under condition of extreme physical or emotional stress so jesus was under stress and agony and he felt fear fear was present but how do we know that jesus overcame fear because he went to the cross he went through with it anyway he went through with it anyway because here's the key in verse 42 he had a nevertheless not my will be done but your will be done
Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Some of us, when we approach prayer, we never have, some of us don't have a spirit of not my will be done. We, we, we can't go into prayer like, like little kids with, with approaching Santa Claus with a Christmas, uh, with a Christmas list. But that's how some of us do God. We don't go into prayer saying, God, I want your will for my life. God, I want whatever you have for me, let it be done. Whether it caused me uh, pain, whether it caused me, whether it caused me joy, whatever, God, whatever it is, not my will be done, but yours. God, it's this person for me. It's this job for me. God, it's this situation for me. Where do you want me to live? What type of, where do you want me? Not my will, but your will be done, God. And so Jesus overcame fear because he had a not my will in his spirit. And so this has to be our approach in prayer as believers. Some of us aren't hearing God the way some of us aren't hearing God at all because we've made we, we didn't even realize it, but we've made prayer about us and not about God's will for our life. And so this is how we pray improperly. But let, let's let me let me finish off on this. How should we pray? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 through 16 says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the filling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. It says, let us come boldly into the throne of grace. It says, in other words, we don't come timid, but we come with a confidence, a confidence that's submitted to God's purpose and plan for our life. Some of us, for some of us, it's not that we lack in prayer, it's that we lack the right attitude and mindset in prayer. That's what this is really about. Yeah, yes, we should be praying consistently. As, as Luke talks, Luke 1, I believe, says pray without ceasing. Or Luke 16, I believe. It says pray without ceasing. Yes, we should be praying consistently. But just praying a lot isn't enough if you don't have the right attitude and mindset when you're going into prayer. And so we have to make sure that our hearts are aligned with God there's some of us who pray but we don't we don't have a consistency in reading our word God's word teaches us how to how to please him and how to follow his ways there's some of us who 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 don't really pray like we should but we we study the word there's an imbalance and so now we approach the word from a know-it-all standpoint. We only study for debate and arguments, not to know the heart of God. 
And so for me to be effective and walking in my purpose, I have to pray and be meditating on God's word. You can't have one without the other. I said it before, people pray all the time, but they don't have a foundation of God's word. So they don't have the right mindset or attitude. Listen, the Holy Spirit leads and guides us into all truth. He is the comforter. He is the helper as John uh, 16 talks about. Hallelujah. He directs us in, in his ways. And he, he testifies of Jesus. He convicts us of our sin. Some of us need to submit. Some of us are have become so used to just going through the motions. And we're wondering why we're not seeing a real move of God in our hearts, in our lives, in our homes. Because we're going through the motions. We're fooling everybody but God. God is like, man, listen, you may be fooling them, but you're not fooling me. God says, I want your heart. I want your mind. I want your soul. Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, and soul. And the second commandment is likened unto the first. Love your neighbor even as you love yourself. Listen, I pray that what I've said has been a blessing to you. And I pray that it's something that you can take. And I pray that you apply this right away. But listen, pray with me now. Father God, I just thank you for, for the listeners, God. And I just pray, God, that you would give us a not my will, but your will be done in our spirit. God, help us not to pray out of a place of selfishness or a place of desiring vain glory and the approval of men. But God, help our hearts to be set on pleasing you above all others, God. Have your way in our lives, God. Help us to walk in our purpose. And for those who don't know their purpose, God, I, play, I pray, God, that you begin to reveal yourself to them and begin to show them what you would have for them to do. God, let us bring glory to your name, God. Let our hearts be fixed on making you known in the earth. God, use us for your glory. Manifest your plan in our lives. You said the steps of a good man are ordered by you. So, God, we submit ourselves to your plan. God, we don't, wanna, we don't want it to be our plan. We want it to be a God plan. We don't want it to be a good idea. We want it to be a God idea. So, God, have your way in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. And God, we praise you and we thank you and we will be careful to give you all the glory and honor in Jesus mighty name. Thank you so much for tuning in. Listen, I say this every show, but I want to most definitely hear from you guys. Make sure you go to pathofrevelationnow.com. We have fresh resources on the website from music to videos to blogs and all of these wonderful resources that will help you 
in your purpose or your pursuit of God. But go to the website. I want to also hear from you. I want to hear show suggestions. Anything you would like to hear tackled or, or discussed on the Path of Revelation show, I want to hear it. If you have any questions about anything you've heard on the show, I want to hear that as well. You can go right to pathofrevelationnow.com and do that. Or if you want to just be a blessing and donate, you can donate to our ministry. The, the funds will go towards future projects, uh, future visuals, future music, all of those things that we're working on right now. And, and just pray for us. If you don't, even if you don't donate, that's, you know, pray for us. We, we covet your prayers. But again, thank you so much for tuning in. You are tuned in. You have been tuned in to the Path of Revelation show. And this is where the culture meets scripture.